Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. It should come as no surprise that Brecht on Brecht, a theatrical collage of the writings of the 20th century German artist, contains a lot of resonant material to life in the United States in 2018. After all, Berthold himself saw a wave of economic anxiety and nationalistic fervor bring about the rise of a tyrannical despot in his home country in the 1930s. Sound familiar? Potomac Theater Project, commonly going by the name PTPNYC, is currently staging a new version of Brecht on Brecht at Atlantic Stage 2. And I spoke with two of the actors in the show after a recent performance. I'll let them introduce themselves. Take a listen. You did sing Pirate Jenny, so... I did you sing did. Pirate Jenny. Say them out. Right, uh, there you go. There's a lot of hells. <laughs> <laughs> as if it's as cussy as it gets in this show. Hell, what the hell? Right, right, right. <laughs> I love to start with everyone's name on the mic, so let sure. me know who you are and what you did on Brecht on Brecht. Well, I'm Christine Hamill, and I am in the cast of Brecht on Brecht. My name is Jake Murphy, and I am also an actor in the cast of Brecht on Brecht. And uh, Brecht on Brecht is not the name of a show that many people would recognize, I don't think, um, because it's a brand new creation, or a relatively new creation. I want to, Jake, have you guys tell me a little bit sure, about that, but sure. what is Brecht on Brecht? I mean, everyone hears the name. Uh, this is an independent theater podcast. If you're listening to this, you've probably heard the name Brecht, right. uh, at least in your theater classes. So <laughs> what, what are they coming to see if they come to see the show? Well, I will say that this is... Um, it, it is a new version of a show that was put together in the 60s by George Tabori, who did put together... I knew that sounded familiar. Yeah. That's why. Okay. So it kind of a, it spoke to some of the issues at the time and the way he put this sort of collage of scenes and songs together, but also encouraged future directors to kind of have their way with Brecht's material, which is what we did. So we, we sort of reconceived it last year and performed it um, around the time of Trump's inauguration mm-hmm. and then revisited it now, uh, 18 months later, with um, largely a new cast in a completely new setting and different world circumstances. So we're kind of threading our experience of the material through our experience of the the world at the moment, which is uh, quite, quite, a, quite an interesting one. Right. And it's essentially a collage of works by Bertolt Brecht featuring some of his collaborators, such as Kurt Weill and Hans Eisler, um, that speak to exactly what Christine was just talking about. Yeah. And did you change anything between 2017 and now? We did. So one of the things that changed is, um, well, for instance, there's this piece called Change the World, She Needs It, um, which was originally, very originally, going to be performed as a textual piece. One of the former cast members, who was quite a, quite a, strong classical singer found uh, this version by Hans Eisler that then he compelled us to include because it was so unbelievably uh, magnetic the way he performed it and it it was a single voice speaking to the audience but in his absence um, what we did was arranged it for an eight-person chorus and that is a fundamental shift so that's also one of the big changes in this production too is that we've gone from a four-person cast to an eight-person cast it's it almost feels like we've underlined everything that we did before it's just coming Mm. across a whole lot stronger one voice is now eight voices and i feel like um it 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 feels it feels in that way strongly political we have more voices speaking truth to power right away right and how did you, were you part of, I know you two were part of the original cast right. at BU, right? Mm-hmm. It was at and, the New Repertory okay. Theater. Yep. And how did, were you involved in putting together like this 
particular version of collage. Yes. yes so the first so. rendition at New Repertory Theater in 2017, mm -hmm. uh, the rehearsal began with uh, looking at the pieces individually and putting them in three piles. <laughs> That's right. Relevant now, not relevant, potentially relevant with how we perform it. Yeah. And uh, did, you, did you cut? I can't imagine you came in with every single word Brecht wrote. Did everybody show no. up with the stuff that they dug so and said, like, we used that original arrangement by George Tabori as the base? Yeah. And this then, is coming back to me. Was this like done? Uh, Gene Frankel directed it or something? Is I'm that like a thing? Sure, who the original oh, director man. was? Never mind. I, <laughs> I, once you said that, I was like, I knew this sounded familiar. I can't be totally right yeah. in saying right. this is brand, brand new. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so like, how, where did you source the material from? Well, from that, from the from the production that George Tabori put together, mm -hmm. and then we also sourced a few more things. For instance, the Change the World song, right. and I can't remember Nana's lead. I right. think we even brought in that wasn't originally. And I think it's worth mentioning too that in that original, I think it's like 1962 production. Well, the script actually that was published after that, George Tabori has a preface before the script begins that essentially says, "Future productions do not be precious with my script." Add to it, take it yeah. away, do with it what you will to make it relevant. And that I think is also, um, I mean, not only is it generous, but I think it's a sign of the documentary style mm -hmm. of theater that mm -hmm. the piece was originally born out of. And is the breakfast date cool with all that? I, I believe so. <laughs> I, believe so. I, just, well, I, I know it's, I, I once tried to do uh, yeah. a production of uh, Good Person and I was. Oh. I was shot down. It's so, oh, wow. interesting. But, yeah. Well, one thing about the review is Tabori put it together, and as I think we're doing it too, is that it's in keeping with that epic theater mode, which is episodic, which is nonlinear, which is shifting styles constantly, which right. is kind of meta-theatrical sometimes. And I think... Um, Character lines are blurred with actor. Right. So I think that as long as you're doing that, my sense is that the Brecht estate is perfectly happy to mm. have you continue to right. play out his style. Speaking of that style, I, uh, you know, like maybe many a theater nerd came across Brecht in college through a certain professor right. and was like obsessed and was like, this is this is what theater yeah. was meant to be. This man was a visionary. <laughs> sure, sure. And then you quickly find out that a lot of people don't agree with that um, oh. and have some difficulty with the epic style. Mm -hmm. How, what, right. have your, what have your reactions been like from audiences and have That's they changed between Boston and New York? They, they are so individual, not only like audience to audience, but person to person in the audience. Some people love being uncomfortable, you know, who really like the challenge of being kind of like emotionally seduced into a piece and then having the next one kind of thrown back in their faces. Right. Other people don't like that discomfort. <laughs> and you know, it's interesting. It's it's one piece where my mind has to be a whole lot less on how the audience is doing than other pieces mm -hmm. of theater where I'm like, do we have them yet? Do we have them? And this piece, as our director was saying the other day, it's a gift that takes 97 minutes to give. And we can't sort of judge after the first song or the first scene, are, are they with us? Are they with us? They're not going to be necessarily at ever. And if they are, they might, they don't even know what they're receiving until we've given the whole thing. So it's, it's a very unusual yeah. kind of thing to do. It's a different kind of act. And I actor. think that has stayed consistent in terms of the mixed individual reactions of 100%. audiences, yeah. but something that has changed by the nature of the times when we first did the show, Trump was being inaugurated. Now we're a little over a year into the presidency. So yeah, so different pieces are resonating with a different depth or right. certain pieces have a new shine to them. Some of them don't have a new shine but have a, something even more weighted and sinister to them. Yeah. The first show 
felt cautionary, um, felt frankly more hopeful to me. This one feels like thick in the middle of a problem. Yes, absolutely. More jaded. That line about sharper outlive uh, (laughs) authority. Authority was. Like How really do you best fight authority? <laughs> Outlive it. it. Yeah, that, that landed. Uh, uh, and that's it, interesting. But it, it hits like a you know brick to the face as opposed to right. you know, like some show-stopping number. It's, a, right. it's interesting because if, if one of the purposes of theater in this style is to kind of activate and wake people up, some of the questions I have about this production as, as a person in, you know, as an American citizen right now is in, to do what? <laughs> To do what? What do we want them to do? Um, waking up is the first thing, I think, and right. really like caring. Right, about, and you know? not uh, being seduced by normalizing our current reality, but by pointing yeah. it out for the horror that it is. And continues to be. But it's, that's one of the beautiful things, I think, about the about Brecht is it's that very contradictory nature of that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. these characters that we see, you know, we everyone loves Mac. Mac <laughs> is a brutal, ruthless killer. Yeah. But we're yeah. also like, you know, oh, that's so sexy. Right. I, like, we love right. this. You know, like, I know. It's, and, yeah. and also in this style, like, it's so challenging. It's so difficult. Like, right. the audience should leave their hats on and keep smoking through the show. Um, right, don't right, smoke, right. it's bad for you, but you should keep drinking through the show. <laughs> right. Um, right, so, right, uh, but right. yeah, like, you know, don't don't forget that you're in the theater, and yet you read the short organum, and he says like the theater's job is entertainment, mm. period, full stop. Yes, so yes. how do you reconcile that? Like this yeah. is the man who wrote the Leshtika, who's also he's saying so full, yeah, it's yeah. a blast. I think that he is full of opposites. I think he says that, and at the same time says that, you know, art shouldn't just, I'm I'm paraphrasing badly, hold a mirror up to nature, but it's the hammer with which we should shape it. You know, so I think he, he, talks I, I feel like I've read lots of quotes where he's talked about you know the the, the balance of the dark and the light you know that that it's interesting that piece about uh, um, bad times for poetry it's sort of balancing the things that capture the poet's attention even though there are all of these other sort of beautiful things in the world finding what's beautiful about the the what was it the crippled cottagers mm-hmm. or that that inside the struggle there is something so human going on and something that you know, we all need to um, have sort of respect for. We're all, we all could use help. We all are vulnerable. And I think it's not just darkness. It's it's something about our our deepest, most sensitive humanity that's in the center of this too. And that feels like light to me. Yeah, and that to, to embrace the polarity in Brecht the Man, in his work, in his ideas, I think uh, has an exciting discomfort that he was going for that is magnetic to both performers and audiences that it requires you to engage because it doesn't quite click and it's asking you to decide right and I think he also put some of the darkest material in song material so that people could take it in mm-hmm. and then wonder why they're feeling the way they're feeling or thinking their Mac thoughts. being an Mac example being like as you mentioned earlier example, right yeah of that well, yeah. come sit in some beautiful questioning discomfort <laughs> uh, at uh, Atlantic Stage 2. Um, y'all run through August 4th. 4th. Brilliant. And tickets and more information can be found at ptpnyc.com. Dot org. Thank you. <laughs> Team this is why we're both here, because <laughs> we could God. not have done that as a singular no. entity. Thank you both so much for doing this. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you. What a pleasure. Thank you, Christine and Jake, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch PTP NYC's production of 
Brecht on Brecht at Atlantic Stage 2, 330 West 16th Street in Manhattan through August 4th, 2018. The show is running in rep with an evening of two shorts, Carol Churchill's The After Dinner Joke and Howard Barker's The Possibilities. So check that out too. You can get tickets and more information on both evenings of theater at ptpnyc.org. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Have so fun. Simple. I'm glad you think so. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs>